What's up, everybody? This is Joe from uh, Post America Podcast. Rich is here with me. Uh, we got a very special guest today for the show. Um, we've been trying to get him on for a while, and uh, finally it happened. So we're going to have our friend Jamie Morgan from Code Orange on the show today uh, discussing um, everything from the path they took to get where they're at now to where they think they're headed in the future, uh, how the new album is being received, a whole lot of stuff. So uh, before we get to that, though, yeah, we had uh, the last podcast we did uh, was with Mike Lede, but the one before that we had uh, Isaac on. That was a good one, and uh, a lot of crazy stuff. It was like not the best quality one we have. As people might notice, we're having some issues without uh, Chris on these, right? We it's need, definitely we need Chris is smart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're definitely missing him. But uh, we love Isaac. We- going to have back on for a questionnaire one, so we'll put up, you know, if people want questions. But we got to make it clear. Uh, Chubbs, Chubby Fresh, a good friend of mine, always, always, uh, I don't know how long I've, I've been cool with Chubbs, man. But when I told the great story, when I was driving with him, we, we called you, pretending that it was Isaac. Oh, my God. I got to make it clear that I was at Chubby's brother's bar. I was at his brother's bar, invited there. Chubby always treats us great. He's always, we always say about Chubby, when you're in Cleveland, he's the best host. So, uh, you know, I didn't just randomly run into him as somebody, you know, thought that I said I didn't randomly. I was hanging out with Chubbs that day. We were at the bar together, this and that. You know, I'm not going to front. That's that's my homie. Isaac's my homie. It's too bad when when your friends don't like each other. You know, whatever the case. It's not. It's so old. Nobody cares. But I'm just saying. Yeah. But, uh, no, it is wanted a shame. To clear that one up. When yeah. friends don't like friends, you know what I mean? It's like, it's yeah. it's definitely awkward and you wish you could do something to squash it, yeah. you know, and that's what figure I it always out. Say, if I love talking about my friend, yeah, I make it clear. Yo, that's my friend. What else can I do? Because the other guy's my friend too. But uh, And in the last episode, we had it with our good friend, Mike Lede. That was a good one. And then today, I'm excited. So uh, let's get Jamie on the phone. Boom. This is the Post America Podcast. What the fuck you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Post America. Macho Black, Richie Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon. Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. Okay, people, we are here. Very excited today. Our guest, the very enigmatic the groundbreaking the grammy nominated jamie morgan from code orange what's up jamie thanks for coming on the show with us today what's up man thank you for saying all that i appreciate it thank you uh what's going on nothing man uh we've been talking about getting you on here for a while so it's it's good that we finally made it happen um i'm excited to talk to you talk about well let's just get right into it you had you have a new record uh just came out are you it's being very well received from where i'm standing uh do you feel that same way and is this what you expected yeah i mean i feel great about it. i mean expected i expected it to turn out exactly how we wanted it to turn out but because just the sheer amount of like time we were putting into it was ridiculous so i knew we would get it to where it was like you know in in our minds but in terms of reception, I felt like people would – I felt like anyone who liked us would have no reason to not like it. You never know what other people will think, so I try not to count on it. But 
I knew it was great. And, you know, that's why we put so much time into it because there was like a vision and, and it just had to keep chipping away until, you know, it doesn't feel right until it does at the very end. So, yeah. You know, yeah, how do you feel with uh, you guys like you you didn't get to like tour on this because of all the stuff that happened Is, yeah. did you have to a lot of plans get canceled was this was there stuff set up yeah yeah i mean we had a lot of stuff canceled we had you know we had our big headline tour and then we had our tour supporting slipknot and we had uh, a bunch of big festivals and Fuck. We, were, we were gonna go over we were actually gonna go to australia and do live scoring in like giant amphitheaters of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We were going to do live scoring. So I was like, we had a lot of fucking things we were excited about. And yeah, it all got canceled. But end of the day, I think we were able to do something that I think will live forever, which is this live stream that we did. Uh, yeah, that was sick. Release. And if we wouldn't have put in like, because we changed, you know, we changed our lineup up and everything. We put in a tremendous amount of work into the set and we wouldn't have put it in and, you know, did rehearsals like other than just practicing nonstop, actually renting out fucking space, like going to, we went to Nashville and did these big rehearsals with all this, this stuff. If we wouldn't have did all that, there would be no way we would have pulled that off. So in a way I, I see it like both ways in a way it was perfect you know, opportunity and also a lot of opportunity taken away, but you know, it's just life. I mean, I'm not fucking crying about it. It's what it is. Other people got way worse shit going on. So whatever. Yeah. Yo, that live thing was insane. Joe, did you see that or no? I did. And it was I, incredible. Thank you. It, yeah. My, I was like favorite. thinking like the, the cues and the timing on that. How, how long did you rehearse for that? Well, the, the primary rehearsal came from all the work we put into the set. So all the visual stuff you see in that set, was stuff that Shade and I had worked on for these screens that we were renting. Uh, we had never, you know, been able to rent any type of screen before, but this was going to be our chance. So we kind of got like a pretty DIY version of like an LED screen kind of setup that we could afford. And we really built out every second of an hour long set with like visual content that was changing constantly, like seriously deep shit that we worked on for like a year. So, you know, when the, when shit first got canceled, we were like, fuck this sucks. But then I was like, you know what? We got all this shit. Now people will be able to see this stuff even more than they would have at a live show. Cause we can do this. We can do what we plan with. We decided to do, which was, you know, intersect the content with the live set. So we just had to get the right, people around us because we knew exactly what we wanted to do we pretty much knew how to do it we literally just needed someone to do it so yeah we, you know the rehearsal really went into just the regular set and then the day of we got there at about 8 a.m and we literally worked on it all the way till about i'm not even joking 10 minutes before uh, we ran upstairs i changed my clothes and shit dumped some water <laughs> on my head and we just ran out and did it so that was that that's, That's dope. so dope. <laughs> That's so dope. And I, and you still did it with the energy of your typical set where you just leave it all on the stage. And that's what that's what I remember the most is that you played like you were playing to a stadium full of people. That was a oh, one man. thing we all kind of route. We all well, I remember the day that this whole shit hit. We were outside of our practice spot and we were just like, fuck, like, we're okay. One, can we pull this off? Two, if we do, we got to go so fucking hard because we're going to be first. Like, we're literally going to be first because of the timing just working out this way. 
So we got to give them that 100% thing. So I remember right before there was like a curtain behind the stage. We were all huddled up fucking Avengers style. And we were just like, yo, <laughs> this is it. Like I said to them, I was like, this might be the only sh- after all the fucking work we've been doing just to get on stage and to play and go and like with this new lineup, this might be all they get to see for a long time. So we got to do, we have to do it like 100% have to do it all the way. And we just did it. I had a serious adrenaline dump about a song in, but thank God I got through it. It was bad for a second though. I like, I was like seeing blurry and then. (laughs) Oh really? Shit. Well, it's what you're doing now is very different than what you did before, because you, I'm sure over the years you've learned your spots to breathe and you've learned how to kind of conserve your voice. And it's, it's a lot different when you're, it's a different type of cardio, right? Yeah, it's it's different. I mean, in some way, I mean, one, it's so much more fun. It's not even comparable. So I'll say that, like, <laughs> it's literally reinvigorated the whole thing for me because it was so fucking fun. But two, you know, there's ways it's to be honest, it's way better on my voice because something with sitting I learned now, like really was affecting my voice where I could not use the part of the voice that I'm using now. And I couldn't use the part of the voice that I would use recording because there's this kind of low area that I'm coming out of that like gets so you can't get to it sitting or or at least I can't. Maybe it's like, yeah, well, it's like your diaphragm is crushed when you're sitting. So it's kind of it's definitely restricting you from getting that full range of power. So I felt free with that. So more it was more to less to me about voice getting gassed out and more about like, okay, just thinking about my body and making sure I needed to go like with the position that we were, we were in, I felt like I can't go up there and have a first show. I got to go up there and have a fucking a thousandth show right now first. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that was the situation we were in and it had to happen. So that was it. <laughs> yeah, that is really bizarre, man. That's crazy. Was that your first show yeah. as singing as a frontman <laughs> ever? I haven't that's even the first it. one ever. I did like a couple guest spots before that were tremendously awkward for me because it's not my band and I'm not like I did one for I did one for Buried Alive uh, with with for Scott and I've done one I've done some forced ones for Terror where he just walked up and handed me the fucking mic because you know how, how he rolls and yeah. uh, he just as I like, get out there and I was like thank God I knew the fucking lyrics but yeah like with uh no i've never done it i've never done it in my life and i was scared but we worked it so much we you know set up really just for me not for them i would film all of our practices and rehearsals so i could go watch and say "Ooh, like that looks weird that that feels good but it looks weird you know what i mean like that and i'm still working on that just because i want it to be presented a certain way so it's got to be natural but i wanted to see what it looked like and see what my you know like so one thing like you know when you're singing like you maybe think your hands are like you're, you're you're putting your hands out high but you just got little dinosaur arms you know what i mean like it ain't what it doesn't feel like what it looks like sometimes so yeah, i had man. to get that straight so i didn't embarrass everybody no that adrenaline dump is real man that really <laughs> happens yeah it happens a lot and it's you just get so excited and i you know i know for me personally like i just get so excited i'll I'll fuck my words up between songs or I'll yeah. I'll fuck the lyrics up of a song just because I'm so like out of my body at the moment. You know what I mean? And oh. it, you, you're just like, um, 
I don't. It's weird. It's like someone else is like controlling you for a Dude, second. Dude, exactly. I told I told our new drummer this, and this is why we both, me and him, I I told him we need to rehearse to the fucking death because here's what's gonna happen. And I told him I said because he's not our new drummer has never played any big shows whatsoever. So I was like, listen, you're gonna get up there, and it's gonna dump. And what's gonna happen is either your practice is gonna kick in and you're just gonna keep playing. Or if you're not practicing enough, it won't. And I've been in both situations. So if we practice enough, when when the lights turn off, we'll still be home. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. if we don't, we won't. <laughs> that, that's that that's how it goes. I mean, it's it's that simple. So you so. you prepare for shows this this way you would prepare for like a jujitsu competition or a fight or something like that, oh, where you're trying to like get to that autopilot. Where you just yeah. you know what to do when you're getting beat up when you're when you're when the chips are down you know exactly what your next move is going to be because you're on autopilot. Yes, because you know I've been in jujitsu tournaments where I was just getting beat up and I really wasn't there. Like I know I've worked hard training, but I didn't work hard enough to the point where you know it was. I, I wasn't maybe, you know, maybe I wasn't putting myself in bad situations all the time. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it, it'll happen in music. It's exactly like what you described, but to me, music and playing is my a one. So to me, it's like, I got, if I don't, if I can't do this, like what the fuck can I do? I better be able to do this. If I can't do this, what is my life worth? Nothing to me. So I got to be ready to go when the lights go on. You got to be ready to go, whether it's then or when we were doing that WWE shit and they just sent us out there and it's fucking live on TV. There's no backing tracks. They're just like, if you stop, the show just stops. I mean, that was the situation <laughs> we were in. It was absolutely insane because, you know, we not to go on a tangent, but we had convinced them to allow us to basically play the songs with no backing tracks or anything and play everything live. And they were down with that because they don't know shit that much about music stuff. So we did it. And then I realized a minute before, I'm like, so if we stop, this just stops. Like what Mm. happens? And it's a similar situation (laughs) with this live stream thing. I was like, everybody I know is watching this shit. If we fucking stop, this whole thing stops. So we cannot stop. I mean, that's it. Yeah. No, how is it with uh since you like <clears throat> since you were the drummer from from the get go yeah to have another guy sitting on there and playing your stuff are you are you overly critical of him or do you have to just accept what he does or is he a machine and he just has it down? We bro- we had to break him and rebuild him. Was yeah, much- he. I mean, end of the day, that's what had to happen. That's what happened. He's a good. He's a very good kid, but we he had to he had to break so. He broke at some point, and then he was okay. I mean, it wasn't like anything like fucked up, but it's just like we would tell him, like, "You're fucking up. Like, this is not owed to you. This is yeah. yours. You don't. You, we earned this, not you. So, mm-hmm. if you want it, you got to get it. And if you don't want to get it, somebody else is going to get it. So he's got to he play it exactly right. And that was it. And then at the end of the show, I was like, and you know what, man? Right when I was having an adrenaline dump, I heard him skipping on drums a little bit, like you know when when drummers fuck up a little bit and he starts skipping because I could tell he was having one too. And mm. I just looked at him and we got through it because we practiced hard. And now he's in, you know, I told him right after, I didn't even tell him, I told him he's not it. He wasn't even in until we finished that show. I was like, until oh, you get through shit. this, you're not in for sure. So he's, that's he's the, in. That's now. the ultimate test you gave him. <laughs> he had to step up. I mean, we, we don't have, we were supposed to go on the fucking <clears throat> road with Slipknot playing 
goddamn Madison Square Garden or shit where we all are going to be scared shitless. I can't bring some kid with us that's going to crack. Yeah. I, I, I can't do that to my, my my guys. So he had, but he fucking did it. He absolutely killed it. So beautiful. So the, that's an intimidating spot to step into. Um, because the the four of you, the five of you, are so tight since you were little kids, correct? Mm-hmm. Since you were in like elementary school, the five of you have been friends. Pretty much, yes. And then you bring in a sixth guy. That's got to be the most intimidating job interview ever. Yeah. The most intimidating tryout ever. For sure. Because the guy he's filling in for is still there. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And he's he's listening to everything and he's and he's not nice about it. I mean, so this kid grew up listening to us. I mean, he's only a couple years younger than us, but I mean. I met his mom and his mom was like, I can't even believe this. Cause he's been listening to you guys his whole life. I mean, Beautiful. So, I love that. I mean, end of the day. Yeah, it's tough, but here's the thing, man, like my philosophy and we'll see, maybe I'm fucking wrong. I have no clue, but it's like, listen, like if you want something like what we're trying to get, it's like you, you have to be ready for everything. You have to be able to go at all times. You can't be somebody who I call and go and I go, can you do this? And they go, Oh, I don't know. It's like, no, it's, 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 it's war. You're in. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no, there's no nothing. There's nothing else. I mean, not, I mean, you in life there is obviously, but when it's on, it's on. So that's just the way we live. And we can't bring somebody into our situation who is not going to live that way. And so far, man, he's absolutely crushing it. And he's like a really nice, like humble, like just kind guy. And I think that gels really well with us as opposed to somebody who wants to butt heads, you know? I think it yeah. it works really good with our dynamic. Yeah, that's great, man. I'm glad that you found something like that. Now, is this, is this the third lineup change you've had or the f- second lineup change since the beginning, since Code Orange Kids, like all the way, way back? Well, way back, we've had a lot in terms of it was always me. <clears throat> it was me, uh, Reba, Eric. Me, Reba, and Eric, and Joe was just our friend who would, like, come everywhere with us and sell shirts and mosh and shit. And we would have other guys. We had a couple other kids in growing up. And then when it really hit the real lineup, it was me, Joe, Eric, and Reba, ever since, which was, like, right when we were supposed to go to college or whatever. So, like, would have been, I don't know how, a minute ago now, I guess, like, seven, seven years ago. So then it was us. Then we added Dom in. But, again, Dom was on many of our tours. Dom. Dom was on, I would say, our most difficult tour ever by far, which was when we played the Rockstar Energy Mayhem Fest, and we had to play at 10 a.m. every single day, and it was a tour that was routed for buses. So every day we would literally drive overnight. We would we would have to just sleep in the van no matter what and wake up and play at 10 a.m. to literally zero people, and it was like two months long. So I'll take a basement tour over that. I'll take a VFW hall tour over that. We've done a million of those. We've done tours, all everything like that. You can imagine as you guys know, but like that was brutal. And we had pretty much our whole correct road crew of friends uh, quit. And he was only one who made it. So everyone has to go through it. And so he joined. So, I mean, it's all family though. I've known Dom as long as I've known any of them. So he's this kid's really like the first new kid. Who's like, not, you know, mm. in the mix for real. Like Dom was in our band adventures and he, he used to ride my bus, you know what I mean? So we, we were good friends. And early on, Reba was on bass, right? 
Yeah, Reba was on base for a minute. Yeah, Reba was on base. But before, but that, but I am king and on. Oh, no, no, no. Well, the return to dust, the one before I am king and on, that's all been the same instruments. Like she's gotcha. gone to the bar. But all the like fucking shit that's like, we were literally like really young. She played bass, but none of that shit matters really. Yo, I'm uh, I'm trying to get Reba's guitar. I love that guitar. Dude, we got to get you one of them. Yeah, I don't Dude. know what's up with that. Shit, we need it's to make dope. It. I, it looks yeah. like it's textured. I didn't see it in person, but it looks like it has like a textured finish. It's like slate. It's like concrete. Yeah, it's like oh, a black. That's so dope. It's so hard yeah. looking. I love that guitar. She kills it. Dude, she's so sick. And like, dude, I see people on these guitar things like give her grief and shit. I'm like, it makes me, drives me fucking crazy. Oh. I try not to respond to any of that shit. But like, Dude, she'll, she gets beat up on that shit. Like, for instance, everybody does. Those those nerds on there, they want to criticize everybody that's doing anything. They're masters of their bedroom guitar playing, and that's about it. Yeah. They're absolute idiot moron. Yeah. So, whatever. But she she's absolutely awesome. Yeah, we got to get you one of them for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to, trying to land one. I've been yeah, talking there's to so many. Uh, there's so many people out there ready to like hate on a thing. Yeah. There's so many people that are ready to hate on a thing that's different, or you know, in 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 the in that case, it's like people who think that simple means that if something's pl- simple, it can't be good. Yeah, exactly. Not that Reba's even playing anything simple. I couldn't really have, in a million yeah. fucking years play what Reba plays, but no, but I I'm sure that's what that's what's going on in someone's mind who who would tear apart somebody who has a fucking signature custom guitar. She was the fun of the website for like months, like literally. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, and, and people still would have the balls to talk shit on somebody who has a fuck who's fucking. Uh, rocket ship to the fucking stars. That's crazy. Dude, they're fucking absolute pussies, especially because she's. I mean, to I mean, it's just especially if it's like guys picking on to me. It's like, wow, you're just low life scum. You know what I mean? But yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, yeah um, that's funny though. So one one thing I wanted to we've we've talked about this a few times on the podcast uh, over the years is that. Oh, we're always impressed by your work ethic, and we're always impressed that you always are Pennsylvania hardcore band. For sure. You could very easily, with no problem whatsoever, try to step out of the realm of being a Pennsylvania hardcore band. You could very easily just say, nope, we're a, we're a metal band. It doesn't give a. Sh- it doesn't matter what what state wh- where we're from. We're just we're a metal band. We want to do this. You can say anything you want. You kind of have like free reign to be to kind of define yourselves, which is what you've really done in hardcore music. Is just like define yourself as an original, and yeah. still always try to stay rooted in where you came from. And that's something that we notice, and we're always very impressed with that. Completely. Well, thank you. I really coming from you guys. That actually fucking means a lot because, you know, to me, the way I look at it is anything having to do with hardcore that we have not and been a part of, honestly, is shit we've been pushed out of. Like we never we never were have tried to uh, get away from that in any way. But to me, like the Pennsylvania thing is even more different is even different because. That's just a whole different 
level to us of importance. And it's so important to who we are. And not only that, it's like, it's our backbone. It's our spine. It's like, like, you know, in so there's been so many times where he threw out even just three records, you know, where so many people are hating on us and even different hardcore bands in different areas are hating on us. And I'm hearing about it all the time. And I'm hearing about this guy who's been in hardcore forever, hates me and hates us. Cause we said, we said we were good or whatever on Facebook or whatever the fuck. And you know, it's all, it's always been, there's always been this loyalty to us from, you know, Pennsylvania hardcore. When I think about when, you know, obviously I don't know every kid or anything like that, but the people who matter to me, you know, people who I look up to, I'm friends with, people whose bands I respect, people who, uh, you know, like for instance, Joe, you know, Joe is the first one who put us on anything that was not local. You know, you get what I'm saying? Pretty mm -hmm. much. And so any year, you know, and he's built us up and he always put us up that line up more and more. He tried to help make us into something and he gave us the platform. And it's like, he's always rode with us. So why, you know, there's, why would we ever turn on that? That's just, I can't even imagine doing that. That's just despicable to me. So, and you know, you see a lot of guys with him, especially, you know, maybe he says or does something that they don't agree with, or maybe he would even say is dumb. And those guys are gone. They're talking shit. They're saying this or that, you know? So it's like, you gotta, you have to keep it. If everyone in the area and in the state, I feel like has to keep it as tight as possible because, you know, I feel like this state produces a brand of heavy music and hardcore that is totally individual and totally is uh, shaped by, by these particular surroundings that we all have. And mm -hmm. it's super hard nosed. And even the bands who aren't hard musically are fucking hard. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I feel like we're proud of that. And, you know, Philly here, you know, we, we always will be a part of that. No question. Even like I said, even if we've been, by other parts of hardcore, we've been pushed out at times, but never by here, never by the bands or people that I care about or respect, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. It's, and I was, I was talking to Joe hardcore a little earlier. He mentioned, uh, just to throw it in quick, he, he mentioned this is hardcore is happening. And he said, regardless, it's going to be either the last week, uh, weekend of July or August seven, eight, nine. And at a new location, but I don't know what he, he was scheming. And I said, you mind if I say that? He said, nah, go ahead say it. So yeah. I figured I put it out there since he, he came up, but yeah, you guys represented Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, basically, you know, and the Pittsburgh scene, we always said was like just a, a freight train of fucking bands, man. Yeah. Like they yeah. all sounded different, but they were just always brutal. Like, yeah. you know, from way back until now, like you, you, you took that tradition of of heavy pulverizing music pittsburgh style to like the next level and i didn't know who was going to do that because it started out hard man well i think i think it's like kind of filtering some of that through a different perspective but with but with respect to it and not trying to just bite mm -hmm. from it and not give anything back to it but more obviously we're not obviously we're not even the type of people that were in a, a lot of those bands. You know what I mean? And we know a lot of those people, but you know, so we're, we're uh, especially when we started and we're obviously kids who come, who are looking at it through a very artistic lens, you know, for yes. better or for worse. And I love that. But I feel like uh, that hardness and that heaviness, we love that. And like, you know, some people from bands from here, uh, like 
totally don't get don't get what we're doing and but so like you know Diggums from from built upon frustration is one of joe's like best friends and him joe and dom all have a band together and he's had mm. a ridiculous amount of uh support for us and so there's always people who have supported us and yeah we, we've taken a lot of influence from uh from that and try to filter a little portion of that through our kind of like real fucking whatever lens you know yeah yeah Diggums is a is a great riff writer too man yeah, oh yeah. From No Retreat, Built Upon, what else? Ten of Swords? Uh, uh, now his band is with Joe and Dom. It's called Inconsolable Wretch, the band he's in now, just to throw ooh, them throw them a fucking track. Just great name. And Ethan from Steel Nation. Also- oh, nice. That's yeah. fucking One, one of the best lineup. looking drummers in the game. Oh, yeah, dude. He's a, he's Dude, he's been oh. my boy. Oh, well, Only since you retired, though, did he become the best-looking drummer, though. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> he, dude, he's fucking good, though, man. He's he's and he's dude. He's he's one of them guys who supported us since day one. Also, like, I mean, we are real freaks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's the best way to put it. <laughs> so anyone who really uh, threw us that support early on, like you know, one of my best friends is a dude named AJ who. Uh, runs a, a record store here called Preserving Underground. He also sings in the band Face Wreck. He sang yeah. uh, Path to Misery, which is one, of, which is a band who really influenced us a lot, like on the more metalcore kind of side when we were kids. And you know, he drove us on our first tour ever when we were seventeen in his in his uh you know little veggie wagon thing run by like Veggie Oil. And he was the <laughs> one who pulled us aside and was like gave us a stack of our tapes. And he's like, "You're gonna go up to every single person and try to sell them your fucking tape." Like literally, that's what we would do. We would go up to people and try to get them to buy our tape. Like, it was completely crazy. But that's just the way he would like taught us to do it like that. And he just hustles. So there's so many people from here that have you know are still we're still so close with. And you know, like in the past couple of years, Enemy Mind, we've become really good friends with them as well. And they're an awesome band from Pittsburgh that just yeah. plays just hardcore. So it's it's all love here. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. What what you guys are doing. Or what you guys have done requires a lot of balls because you're you knew you know going into it that there's gonna be be people who don't get it. Oh yeah. And there's gonna be people who are like, wait a minute, that's not this that's not the thing that I like. And that immediate that's all they need to turn their to turn their back to it, right? Yeah. But you keep working and sifting and and doing a thing that you love and knowing that the people are going to come to you like that takes a lot of balls uh were, were there any like moments early on where you like doubted yourself where you had like a moment of like uh maybe this is too much maybe this is maybe we went too far with this or maybe maybe people aren't going to understand this was there any moments of doubt that you could recall along the way yeah, for sure. 100%. I mean, you know, the there's moments of doubt come in different forms. I would say, you know, there's been times where there's different layers to it. Like when we were first coming up, we didn't know anyone who played in bands that played to any substantial amount of people whatsoever. We didn't even know about like this is hardcore. Our scene, you know, our scene, Pittsburgh is was very insulated it's just now kind of getting more connected to all that stuff you weren't seeing any bands from pittsburgh at like a this is hardcore or anything because it was mm-hmm. very like in its own thing so like we were kind of 
didn't know about anything going on. So it always felt good. It's like we would play to a small amount of people and get a little reaction. And all everybody we knew was like, whoa, we would go on tour and everybody we knew is like, what the fuck? This is crazy. And every step it's been like that. So that's been a real blessing for us because our eyes were blinded. Like I almost feel for some of the kids coming up around here now who have us in the rear view or whatever, or, <clears throat> and they, they are like trying to get, do this or that. And it's like, we didn't even know about that, which helped us one. But so that helps calm doubts, but there's absolutely been doubts, but we try to always push hard through it. And there's never doubts that are more than a fleeting moment. There's also been times in this community where there's been people that I thought I was friends with kind of do and say things to me that made me doubt myself in the moment because, you know, I was like, and it's never anybody from here. It's people that we've met, you know, along the way, especially after the I am King record came out and we started getting a lot more popular in hardcore. We had friends. And then about a year into that record, those friends didn't like what we were saying anymore. They didn't like that. We were saying I am King anymore. That, that was something that they took offense to for some reason. And it felt was like, it was almost like a light switch and we were getting that left and right. And so there was times at that point where I was sitting there and I was like, okay, is, is we're not saying that we're better than anybody else, but we are saying that we're confident and we believe in ourselves and this is getting a bad reaction from X, Y, and Z. And there was times where I was like, you know, maybe this, maybe we're going about this the wrong way. And there were some things we go about the wrong way, but really when I look back now, I don't really think we were going about anything the wrong way. I think it's just bitterness and mm -hmm. I can, and you know, there's, there's decisions that I've definitely made that I'm like, man, I should have said or did this different, but almost anything like that, that I've done, I've gone back to the person or to the situation and made it right. So we try to, we try to just push through that because, you know, doubts to me are never come from somebody on the outside saying this or that. It's when somebody on the inside says this or that, that for me, it's like, okay, I got to think about it. And, you know, if it was somebody that has, it, uh, you know, that friendships carried on, then that's one thing. But a lot of times now looking back, it's like people tried to make us doubt ourselves, but they failed. That's, that's pretty much as far as doubts really go, you know? Yeah. And I love that, man. It's so fucking awesome to see you guys just keep going and proving people wrong. Thank you. And you, so were you saying, were you saying, let me just interrupt you, Joe, that people weren't like, they didn't like you guys saying like the title, I am King that like was yeah, offensive I mean, to them? or anything we would say like that, anything, you know, the record is in a lot of ways about having a re uh, trying to find confidence in yourself and trying to rebuild yourself in a, in a, in a, in a different way in order to kind yeah. of push forward. And, you know, we were not saying anything about anybody, but we would say things in relation to that about ourselves, you know? And, yeah. uh, some people didn't like that and they, they liked it for a minute. And then it, I was saying the same shit a year later and then they didn't like it anymore. So, See, that's the kind of that's, stuff I like. Like, I am king. That's like a merch seller, too. But, like, hardcore now is so filled with I'm nothing. I'm I'm, I'm worthless. I'm, like, all these just crybaby shit. I am king. That's, like, what I remember, like, loving about bands that, you know, that I used to love, like, was the confidence and, like, overcoming and, and not sweating nobody. Like, you know, pulverizing. Was, was that, I am king. I love that title. I'm surprised to hear that, that people that people act like that. I mean, it's not everybody it's some people and yeah you know but uh, but oh, you know it, it is what it is and at the end of the day part of that is definitely 
the problem that we have, but I also think it's a big positive, which is when we're in one situation, we mm -hmm. already see ourselves five steps ahead of that. So to us living in the moment we're in now, it's like, I don't see myself that way, the way that, you know, the crowd or whoever probably saw us. So when I was like a fucking child, basically, I didn't see myself that way. I saw myself the way I am now then. And, and so you have mm. to kind of, when you're that way, you have to kind of make sure you keep your mind straight and you have to remember, listen, they don't see it yet and they will see it and you'll, you'll show them step by step. And that's the way that, and that comes with maturity also on my end and on our end is like, they'll see that. Cause you know, sometimes you look back and you're like, wow, I really wasn't shit. Even though I really thought, thought we really thought we were this fucking great band. We really were, <laughs> you know, that's happened many times, but yeah. it's gotten us to be what I think is now a great band is that mentality and never resting on that, you know, continuing to practice and really work hard and stay loyal, which we have 100% and yeah. with that in mind, you know, but, I really do appreciate the kind words about it from both you guys, because like, for instance, you know, uh, you know, there's, there's people like people on this call that I would talk to and, you know, try to get advice from people that I actually trusted their opinion and knew their opinion wasn't out to uh, bring us down in any kind of way, you know? So mm -hmm. I really always appreciate that. And that's, that's, that's what people, you know, I think that's what kids coming up need for sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, like it's the, good. The look of confidence. I like that. Yeah. It's nice to know that people believe in you. And it's nice. Like, it's always good to get that. Uh, it's always good to get a, a vote of confidence from somebody. But there's nothing better than you taking that leap of faith and doing it on your own. For sure. Nothing, can, nothing can compare to it. So, like... I, you know, it's that is that you, you guys did a brave thing over and over and over. You did the brave thing in the face of people hey, Joe, trying hard Joe, to make fix your, you fix your cable, Joe. You're getting all whacked out. Joe, can you hear me? Yeah, it's a yeah, little yeah. better now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's what's impressive to me is you guys doing this brave thing over and over and over in the face of people who are trying hard to make you doubt yourself. Oh, for and sure. And trying hard to make you, they don't, they either don't see where you're going or they don't like where you're going, but either way, they're hating on what you're, what you're doing. And you just right in their faces, just prove them wrong every single time. Got to try because, you know, again, you know what I'm so blessed to have is like, when you say like you, like, I have this fucking tight knit crew, which is my guys who all have this belief. This band has such belief in itself and in each other. And so it's not like even, you know, there's been a lot of times as being the person who's in the forefront of the band and with relations to other bands or whatever, there's times where the heat it has been on me. And those guys are always, they're never, that's on you. It's always on us. We're always together and we always believe so much in what we're doing. And in a lot of ways, we're truly junkies for pushing it. Like I can't stop wanting to push it. I can't even imagine making a record that comes out and there's not people, you know, and it doesn't give people some, some electricity, whether it's good or bad, because 
it's just not what we're here to do. Like that's the mission statement is to push it. So that's how we're addicted to even more than playing shows, more than touring, more than anything. We're addicted to fucking pushing the limit and seeing how, seeing what the limit is. You know, that's what we like to do. So that's beautiful, man. I love it. Yeah, it's dope. That's Yo, so can, we awesome. take, can we take it back though? I want to know what, what, what were like the key influences for you guys? Like, you did I did I hear Jay or Joe Wright when he said you all went to the same school together? Yeah, we went. We all went to the same school. Yeah. Like, were you guys like all listening to the same shit back then, or did you not know each other back then, or what? Yeah, no. So when I was, I really met Reba in like fifth or sixth grade, and she was the first wow. one I met. And and Dominic was in school with us also, but we weren't super tight. And then when we got to high school, is when we met Joe and Shade. And we were all just into like punk and like fucking ska and fucking hardcore and fucking Operation Ivy and that anything we could listen to that we anything, you know, and and super whack shit, but like mostly just punk shit. And then, you know, we found hardcore uh, and a lot of ways we found hardcore through my friend AJ, who is the singer of Face Wreck, amongst other people. And uh, then, you know, he started putting us on to, like you're saying, bands from here and also, you know, a lot of he was putting us on to converge and well converge was kind of first for us but he's put us on a hatebreed and earth crisis and then you know more metalcore stuff as it kind of as is his kind of world and so we were the thing about us is we've always been it's always been an amalgamation of like a lot of things but when we kind of got sucked into hardcore it's probably like the middle of high school or towards the end of high school and so that kind of started shaping us that way and uh, we, we, we always kind of got into different stuff, but there's no code orange record. That's like, or code orange kids record. That's like straightforward, anything. It's always very weird and like disjointed. That's just kind of how we write. And that's the way we've always been interested in music. It's never been like, we went from the straightforward record to the weird, like, it's just never been like that. Mm. Yeah. That's so crazy to think you guys been together, like, like just running together that long, man. That's really cool, bro. Oh yeah, I live with two of them. So still, so yeah, I love hearing that shit. Fuck yeah. So since the beginning, what are like the key moments that you like once you're once you're retired from this, you look back at like certain moments in your life and say, "Whoa, that was crazy." Like, do you have any of those right now where you're just like, like, you know, the moments that stand out? as like whoa this is next level we just did something different yeah for sure i mean well it's partially a problem with my mind because partially my mind is very geared towards like not remembering shit so like i find this to be a problem like i'm always kind of like on the next thing which is not good because you got to be able to live in the moment but i'm not very good at living in the moment you know so but there's been a lot of things looking back the first this is hardcore we had where we got an extremely strong reaction, which was, I think, 2014. And we totally didn't know, you know, we weren't sure, but like it just popped off and it was like totally crazy. And I remember it had like the most views on, on uh, like the hate five, six thing. And it was like all this crazy shit. And then subsequently we had been touring for years, you know, playing to fucking nobody seriously, or opening for opening for bands. Like when we, we would open for terror first four, we'd open for Bane first four. We'd open for, you know, us in full of hell. We're doing tours in Europe together in the same van. We were playing to fucking nobody. And then that record came out. And I remember I always tell this story, but we, 
we had a show in Indianapolis and we blew a tire and we were super late. And I was calling the promoter. I was like, should we even come? And he was like, dude, there's a lot of people here. You guys got to come. So we show up super late because our shit was all fucked up. And dude, the place was packed. And we had played that same venue on the last record to like no one. So I just remember being like, holy shit. And then every show, it was, it was a tour with us and Twitching Tongues and, uh, and a bunch of other bands. Um, and Joe, Joe Harcourt sometimes says that that tour, he feels like kind of got a lot of these bands that are going now that are in that heavy way. That kind of, you know, because a lot of them weren't around. It kind of like sprung a lot of that up. But it was us and them. And I remember War Hungry was on part of it and um, Soul Search and a couple other bands. But so, yeah, we fucking did that first show and it was packed and it was crazy. And it was like, it was like overnight because of the record. We were like, holy shit, like, what the fuck's happened? Like, we're selling all this merch. And it was just insane difference from what we had been going through where we were literally doing absolute shit for like years. Never playing to anyone, never selling shit. So there's that. And then, you know, of course, there's the recent ones like, when we played the WWE thing in the in the fucking arena, I'm so we, happy that I was there for that. <laughs> yeah, that was that was awesome. And when we did arenas with, you know, we did a couple arenas with Slipknot. We've done we did like outdoor this cr- shit with System of a Down. A couple arenas we did the Grammys when we went on the red carpet and shit, shit like that. You know, just like the typical shit, of course. And then there's all the there's all the stuff that's always coming back to me. But dude, like I'm thinking about like. I'm just always thinking about the next thing. Like I can't stop to be honest. So it's hard for me. Think about that though. At at this point, like you guys are really, I mean, you've been doing your thing, but you're really, let's you're like just getting started to what can be. You know what I I mean? And already though, you have a Grammy nomination. You were the, were you the first band to do the live WWE thing? Yes. Yes. Your first band to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. And then the the thing you did, like the quarantine show, yeah, that's like next level. Those just don't, like, yeah, any yeah. one of those things is is a big achievement. So those three, so, yeah, it's fucking. It makes me, yeah, you're super right. And I got it. So, you know, I got to learn to like. No, you're right, man. Do like you do, and don't even like don't even think about. Go to the next thing and yeah. the next thing, and then otherwise, some some people settle when they think like that. Yeah. Like, yo, that was dope. Fuck. Like, you know, they like, you know, what what's what's the great hate breed album title? Satisfaction is the death of desire. That's of the truth, man. True. Dude, I'm so, so yeah, I, I like you thinking never, like that. We're we're they're downstairs right now. I mean, we're literally working on our next uh we have like a big idea that we're gonna come out with that we're gonna do at the end of June, and it's gonna be our kind of next incarnation of something along the same lines of the last stream we did, but from a totally different angle. And so we're grinding on that every day. We have our live stream series. We're doing every other Monday. We're doing uh, fucking remixes for people where we made, a, we just made an animated movie. That's going to come out in a couple months that Shane and I made. So we're always just trying to fill every minute. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to, I want to earn it. And I don't, I don't want, I just don't want that train to, to come, to, to come down. That's just what I'm, you know, that's what I'm yeah. built for. So, I mean, if it does, it does. But I, it's if it does, it's not going to be because we fucking tapped out and stopped doing shit and got all lazy and went online and we're fucking begging everybody. No, we're never going to go down that way. The only way we're going to go down is if people just don't want to hear that shit anymore. If they don't, they don't. So that's on them, you know? Yeah, that's the way to do it. I like that. And especially it's good right now to be active and create. Because take this time as time 
You know, this is this is the time to do music shit. Yeah, we can't do the live shows, yes. but you could do literally everything else that comes with it. You know. Yeah, and we're gonna find a way to do the live shows. We're figuring it out. We're gonna find a way to do it all. But we, you know, I'm staring at a board. I have a board in my room right now of all the different stuff we're doing, and we have at least ten projects that are all being worked on right now at once. And you know, Damn. I'm, I'm fucking happy about it. It's like, you know it's keeping us pushing forward and I'm really proud of the shit we're going to do during this time. I wish we were on the road because I truly feel in my heart with this lineup, we really will fuck all these big metal bands up bad, really bad, but Hell yeah. we'll get, we'll get there. And, and, and we'll plus, there. you know, you just want to be, you want to be pushing that new shit right now, you know, Yeah, oh yeah. like you okay. just, you want to be in front of live faces. No doubt. I feel for you guys. That's a bummer, but, but it'll not, happen. It'll, it'll, it'll be happen. Soon. Yeah. But it seems to me like this new record is being better received than anything you did so far. That's from my perception. That's what it looks like. That feels great to hear. Thank you for that. Because that's, you know, that's the type of thing that like everybody likes to say they don't care. And in my heart, if everyone hated it and I loved it, I would still love it. But when nobody cares, it shuts the lights off. So I'm happy that <clears throat> they care. And we put, we really put like, we put a red. I mean, seriously, I couldn't. I can't even explain the type of work that, especially not on my end, even on like Shade and Reba's end, that went into making this record. Like other bands, even when I try to talk to them about it, don't understand because it it's just there was a lot of ridiculous detail work, probably a lot that didn't need to happen. You know, on top of the fact that we do all of our own art, all of our own everything, every T-shirt we ever made. You know, we run our own web store. We ship all the shit. So it's like, I feel for my guys because it's, I've been putting, man, I've been putting a lot on their backs for a lot of years. So I'm just grateful for my friends because they, they take ideas that I have and they make them real. And I couldn't and never do that, you know? So I'm happy about that. That's awesome. Well, I know more than a handful of people who, who you turned with this record. That's great. I know more than a handful. Name so them. it's no, I'm not gonna Lord, call who the fuck are these Let's people? Go. Who is but it? I, I really know more than a handful of people who were not feeling you and now they are because of this new record. This is which makes me fucking happen. That's which makes it, me happy. Know. That makes me happy because I have always been a proponent, a fan from the beginning. I've always been seeing the bigger picture. And when you, you have been when there's people who uh, didn't see it along with me, it's like frustrating. It's like, no, wait, like you just didn't see it right. Now listen again. Listen with the lights off. Now listen in your car. <laughs> I uh, feel you. Know, like, you know what I'm saying? And, Joe, and, Joe's been force feeding us code arms forever, y'all. Thank you, man. So we, but we, we we ain't unhappy about it. But he's been force feeding no, one way or the dude, other. It's, he's it's driving. A, he's playing the album. Let's go. Well, dude, here's the thing, man. This album it goes back to what I said before. This album is in a lot of ways, as I fucking think, I love the last album, right? But to me, this album is almost the way I viewed the last album, but in real life. You know what oh, I mean? This this album is like to, you know, I, I really do, there's a lot of things I love about the last album and all the albums, but like this one is everything I fucking had to describe to people and tell them that we were. And if they saw us live, they would kind of get what we were. Now it's on record and there's nobody that can, uh, nobody can touch it. Nobody can say it's not that, even if you don't like it, 
it's what we said have been saying that it was and that's this record and that's why we put so much pressure on ourselves because we were like every second of this record has to encapsulate something new and encapsulate what we've been saying this is you know let's make sure they can fucking hear it in every syllable and i think uh this record is us fully realized it's not at by any ways the end of the road or even close but it's us fully realized everything code orange is you if you listen to it now and you have normal ears you're gonna get it so i'm very proud of that i like that if you have normal ears <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Spock won't get the album, but everybody else. He's not gonna... Oh, he'll get it first. No, it's opposite. Yeah, I know. He got lots of he'll get it. Those motherfuckers are going to get it off the rip. But before people who, you know, just regular schmegular motherfuckers, man, they weren't getting it. And now yeah. I think I think when they, they can hear it, they and that, that was on us. We needed to make sure they could hear it all. And now you can hear it all. It's all there for you. So you talked a little bit about Shade and and his animation and stuff like that. I know you all have side projects over the years, or at least maybe not side projects, but like yeah, offshoots like that are still kind of connected to to Code Orange. Exactly. What, I'm really curious about Shade in particular because he seems to do things that are like more visual than musical for his side projects, which yeah. is like definitely rare. Uh, what yeah. talk about that a little bit? What does he have going on? Well, he has a lot going on. I mean, he he's he's both because he was so quintessential to developing the electronics aspect. I mean, Shade is seriously like generationally talented. It's seriously ridiculous. Anyone from you know, we got our the song underneath. We went and worked with uh, a guy named Andrew Dawson, who is pretty much Kanye West's right-hand man and primary mixer for almost all of his records up to this lap but before this last one and i mean wow. he was even fucking impressed by shade chris varena from nine inch nails who worked on the record with us told shade he's a fucking black belt in the computer program that they were both using that that guy teaches in college you know i mean like shade is shades on a different level and a lot of it has you know it's very we're very fused together because a lot of it and like this is what's beautiful about it and this is why it's not even so much an like a side thing as it is it all kind of pertains because you know he it started off Kimmy and I my roommate who are not my roommate my neighbor from childhood who was in our band adventures we used to do all the art and all the t-shirts together on I am king and the one before that and going up into forever she kind of dropped out because she got a life pretty much and so shade took the baton and that kind of started his uh journey down visuals and you know we've just been bouncing ideas off of each other and growing this beast that's become you know our style and his style uh together and he's very helpful in, or very allowing of input and then he takes things into a totally new direction so i mean he's not only like a ridiculously talented visual artist i mean he could literally work at like fucking pixar or something well people see the shit that we're gonna draw like we're gonna put out uh, a movie it's like a 40 minute movie with voices and everything it's an animated movie and him and i've been working on it they're gonna see how talented this guy is i mean he's scoring it he's animating it you know i wrote i wrote like the script for it he's doing he's doing everything it looks like fucking legit and he's doing this all on a computer he built for himself you know so i'm he's ridiculous and uh he's such a big part of our aesthetic and and uh helping shape that and 
you know, every single person in my band besides me, because I really feel I do need them could offshoot into any other band and take it over. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the way I feel in my heart or they could do their own bands and they would be extremely successful. They know how to do everything. So I can't say enough about it. I mean, one day I really hope people, uh, I can like convey that to people, what they, what the guys in my band, not myself do, because it's ridiculous. I don't even think, you know, Dom makes all of our fucking clothes from scratch. Fucking, you know, Reba's doing, you know, fucking created this whole web store for us and runs customer service and Dom and Joe ship all the orders and they built a fucking mask making machine in Shade's basement and they make plastic masks out of it. And like, it's just fucking ridiculous. Like it's how, how did I get stuck in wisdom and change with these lazy fucks no. when, <laughs> oh, when no. there's people like that around? Hey, it ain't like that. It ain't like that. <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing. That's great though, bro. That's great. No, it's I'm just really amazing, man. Yeah. So that's how- like the real DIY shit. Like this is like, dude, dude, yeah. this is like people. I don't think people understand that they, they, you know, if they're from the outside looking in, they might think, yeah. Oh, this is this big uh, metal band. Blah. No, this is like as as for us and by us as you could get or as anybody is doing at the moment. You know, unless you're like yeah. some squatter punk I'm not aware of somewhere. But this is the real deal, man. Dude, it's a fucking factory of five people. It is fucking crazy. I mean, dude, like everything, everything. If you name it, they're on top of it. They do it. Like there's nobody doing it, you know, whether it's like, all the fucking little graphics that we post or the fucking videos or whatever. Like, you know, Max Moore does our videos and kills it, but you know, we're writing every single second of that. You know what I mean? And so I just think that, and he, he's amazing. I mean, it couldn't be done without somebody like that ever. That's not even what I mean, but it's more like, you know, just the way that they can execute ideas like these fucking crazy ideas I have, they're executing them on so many cylinders. And, and they're definitely running hot sometimes, and it's sometimes it's a little too much. But like, I'm just, it's just crazy, man. It's 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 like I'm so lucky. Like I get to live in this dream factory where like I have dreams, and like everybody, all my friends, we all fucking make them work, and they have dreams, and we all make them work, and we make them happen. And if we want to wear something, we fucking make it because we can't buy it. You know, that's <laughs> that's, that's great, how dude. that's how we live. So that's it. It's really impressive, dude. It's really, really fucking impressive. And I'm like, I'm glad. Uh, I'm so glad that you're on here saying this stuff and that people get to hear it from you. Um, it's like, I'm proud that we're a part of the same thing. You know, you. it's really like impressive. And it's like, uh, it makes me proud that like we represent the same thing, you know? Well, and we represent the same thing. And we've, we've talked we've talked a lot and I know that for a fact and without like, again, I said it before, but without people we look up to and not only just bestowing knowledge upon us, but just giving us confidence, giving us fuel, like you've given us fuel. And there's a couple people like that. And, you know, there's not a ton, but there's a couple and they've told us go keep going. And so we keep going. So to us, the limit will come when it comes. There's no limit in our heads. You know, the only limit is we, you know, our only rule is we have to make art and music that is fucking sick that we love. That's not trying to fucking get paid. It has to be because we love it. That's the only rule. Everything else is fucking possible. You know what I mean? 
So mm-hmm. that's it. Fucking amazing, man. It's it awesome. Dope. <laughs> and I know Joe wants to talk about this, and I want to know too. I know you're you're into jujitsu, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for sure. So w- could you beat up Joe or no? Fuck no, dude. Come on. Yes, you. You're a better belt, probably. What belt? Rich is. Rich has been on the quest to find dude, something no, to beat up. Dude, I've seen. I've seen you throwing motherfuckers around. I mean, I'll fucking. I'll hang in there, maybe. Well, we'll I see. Think you I don't got know. Him, I mean, son. I, went I up, think you could get him. I went up BJJ United, and I like. I felt like I did good for myself, and and he's he's tough nosed, so I trust his opinion. And you know, he told he told uh my coach to belt me up and stuff. So as if he says it, you know, it means something. So I, I'll, I'll, I look to others. That's the, this is why I love jujitsu. Okay. When it comes to music, I am the judge, the jury, and the executioner. Nobody can tell me nothing. You know what I'm saying? Nobody can tell me different when it comes to jujitsu. All you got to do to tell me different is fuck me up or know more than I do. And I don't have the keys and I don't want the keys. I just want to learn and I want to get better. And I can't, there's no convincing your, like in music and in art, you can tell yourself what you want. In jiu-jitsu, you can't tell yourself what you want. It's just reality. Reality's coming to you. Same thing with any uh, combat sport, I would assume, even though, you know, I've only really done jiu-jitsu. So, but uh, I feel like that's what I love about it. It's like a dose of reality every day because sometimes I'm walking around and I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, I'm sh- being able to shape the world around me through music. And I can't shape the world in there. There's nothing I can do in there. I have to do it. You have to do it or you drown. That's yeah. it. There's no, there's no, you can't, there's nothing else you can do. So that's been like therapy for me. That's so I love that about it. Yeah. It's, it's humility. It's crazy. It's humbling into that stuff. It's a, yeah, it's a humbling thing where you're, you, you're in control of your body but you are not in control of anything else. So you control your body. But as the, the second somebody comes along that can manipulate your physicality into what they want it to do, yeah. now you're now you have to start all over basically. Oh my god. You have to, you have to relearn you have to relearn techniques. You have to re reapproach the way you you did certain things yesterday. Now you have to do it differently because that doesn't work anymore. So yeah. it's constantly like rewriting what you know into something better. Dude, I'll tell you who was rewriting my ass is fucking Jared up at BJ United. He rewrote my whole <laughs> fucking life. I mean, he fucking he is an absolute monster. I mean, yeah. he, he didn't even like he didn't even fucking break a damn sweat. He didn't even try to be honest. I like he <laughs> fucked me up so bad. Is and that like, dude really that good? He is. Jared's he is. really fucking good, man. He really oh is that God, good. I mean, get him, man. He's, he, I've rolled with, oh, you know, I'm really lucky because our school in Pittsburgh, uh, True Believer Jiu-Jitsu, it's affiliate of the GF team. We have, my coach Jake has brought in a lot of top guys. I mean, world champions. And, you know, you get to roll with them sometimes. And Jared is on that level. No question. Wow. I mean, it's like, it's the only kind of feeling you only get that kind of feeling from those kind of guys. It's like, they're playing a different game. It's a different sport than what you're playing. And you know, that he gave me that kind of feeling, the same feeling I felt rolling with uh, like Gutenberg, who's world champion or Max or Jimenez, or, you know, there's so many guys we've been able to have Johnny Tama and Easter, all these amazing guys who you roll with and they, they drown you. 
he, you know, and then you roll with everybody else and it's like, you know, it's, it is what it is, but like some, some of these guys will fucking drown you and, mm. and you feel like you're going to die. I mean, it's really that simple. Yeah. Sometimes you feel like you can hang with somebody, even if they're like making you tap, you're like, Hey, you know, they're not that far above me, you know, For sure. For but sure. then there's some people where you just feel like oh. it's your first day. A bad they make you feel like it's your fir- like it's your first day. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Jared's that good. Oh, he's that good. No question. Yeah. I always I always try to pretend like I think I got a shot against Jared, but I feel like if I went fake like I was going left, but then I went right. Dude, he'll, and then he, I, he's already bright. He's already he's already you're dead already. Before you, you even think he would him. think of that move? You think he? I don't oh, know. He knows. Think, he knows. <laughs> he knows. Dude, I mean, I, here's the thing. Like, like, dude. Yeah, it's it's. You you know what I'm saying, Joe? Like it's just it, there's different levels to this shit. I mean, to me, I feel like when it comes to being on that stage and being creative and being a band, I don't look at the big bands like it's not the same. Like when we go open for a giant band, I don't see those bands and go, "I can't do that." I'm like, "I can do this." We just don't have the resources. You know right, what I mean? Right. When it, I, I know we can do it. I know we are it. But when it comes to that shit, I'm like, I'm not that. I don't think I'll ever be, no matter what I do for my whole life, literally. Like, ever. does your whole band do it? Yeah, we all do it. But uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, like purple belt. I've been doing it for like five. Oh, he's a fucking years. purple belt, Joe. Yeah, well, purple. That's what I am, Richie. Oh, yeah. you, got there, you got there quicker though. I told you. No, you not purple. that quick. But no, Joe's a, Joe Goldman. He got hurt many times, dude. Joe Goldman, my bass player. His body's been through the absolute ringer, man. And he's like, he's getting real strong and fucking jacked now. But his like, he's had so many physical problems, mainly from like touring and from what he does on stage. So he, he's still a blue belt because he had to take like a long time off, like six months off. He He had a neck surgery, right? Yeah, he had, he's had elbow surgery. He didn't have a surgery on his neck, but he had all this, this whole nerve problem in his neck. Uh, He has had a bad uh, bout with, like head drama, which was very, very scary, but thankfully seems to be mm-hmm. going good now. But uh, he's had a lot of, and now his knees fucked up. I actually hurt both my knees in the past two years. Like both of my knees popped pretty much, and I, I was out for a while for that. But, um, I, but yeah. listen, I'm gonna give you guys advice: stay away from the jujitsu now. Focus. You I don't imagine do. that ruining your touring. Imagine that no, you can't do a tour because oh, yo, guys, we got to recording. On. We got to recording for this record, and we had a backyard. And you know, I wasn't feeling the best because we, when we're at home, we train a lot, and it's like it, it definitely beats you up pretty bad. So me and Joe were just rolling in the grass because just for fun a little bit, and my knee popped. Literally, this was like day oh, one, fuck. and I was like, "Oh my god, what the fuck have I done?" Because I had to drum. I drummed the whole record, and I had to drum. And thankfully, it ended up being okay. I went to the doctor, and it was okay. Like I didn't have to get surgery. I just had to like rehab it. And then the similar thing happened to my other knee. So hopefully, I'm okay now. But yeah, we've, you know, we've definitely. Reba just started training, dude. She's a fucking beast at jujitsu. Holy shit, she would. She's a lot to deal with. She's really <laughs> That's good. That's awesome. Yeah, she's your band could probably beat up about 99% of the bands that you encounter, and they probably would never, never expect it. (laughs) They wouldn't know, but they find out if they want to. Yeah, that's right. I always tell them. I mean, there was a time many years ago where some of these fucking guys, some of these older guys would fucking pick on us. They would bully us a little bit, not in a funny way, not in a fun way. So 
We'll see down the road. We'll, we'll see what happens one of these days, you know, and it doesn't got to be like that, but it can be. That's very much. I like right. that attitude. I like that. We had to, and we had to level up. It took like six years, but whatever. And what do you feed Joe before a show? Because this guy's an animal on stage. <laughs> Dude, he just eats tuna now. That's it. Like, he literally just eats, like, 100 <laughs> tuna. of tuna a day. And wow. He eats just, like, we both eat a lot, but he just eats, like, a, probably, like, eight eggs every morning and, like, 10 cans you know, of tuna. And we have had a podcast a couple episodes ago, and we were talking about some of the best front men to do it. And Matt Joe here, he said something that we weren't even thinking about. He mentioned your bass player, as he yeah. said, he's not necessarily a front man, but he, he's one of the best to he do is. it. In the, and I was thinking, yeah, I guess you don't have to necessarily have the mic to be that guy. You know what I mean? We were split. I would talk the shit, and he was the physical embodiment. You yeah. know what I mean, we were, we were two halves of one whole. And then we got Rebo. Dude, we got three front men. We're a fucking triple threat. So, I, I mean, now when we're up there, it's going to be, we got it. Cause he's, I think we're going to find an awesome rhythm. And what I'm happy about is he'll be able to do his thing and go hard without feeling like he's got to die up there in order to make, to get us over because mm-hmm. he has to fill that space because we can't get to the crowd because I'm at the drums. And now he's able to fill, he's able to have his space, do his thing, but he could take a breath. I'm going to keep going. And I, he could tag me in. It's Cause I'm gonna be up there with him, so he. I hope he doesn't, so he can stop getting hurt. You know, that's that's my yeah. that was that factored in a little bit into our decision for sure. But yeah, he's a he's an animal. Yeah, I, I love the pulling the people up on a stage gimmick and like that's just fucking yeah. hard, bro. I like yeah. that too, dude. We're gonna, dude. I can't wait to get in front of a crowd with this current lineup. It's I gonna bet. be so much better, man. I'm so excited. And I want to brag about something, Joe. Do you remember when I predicted that I foresaw? that there was going to be a change and the drummer was going to become the singer. Do you remember yes, that? He did. He did. Did you really? I, he really did. Just a, a couple <laughs> things that you said and a couple images from some videos. Yeah. And al- also my girlfriend pointed it out to me too, but she gave me the hint and then I was real proud and I started t- telling everybody like, no, no, no. I'm like, I don't know. I, I think that. it's coming. Dude. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad we waited because, because, Two things I wanted. I'm, I wanted to. One, I wanted. To, I mean, like I'm. I'm. I'm obviously still like a fucking. I'm a skinny guy or whatever. But I wanted to become a little bit more of a man before stepping into this position. Dude, <laughs> dude, I had to fill out just a little bit. I'm still. I'm. I'm lifting while we're on this quarantine. So we'll see. Hope I can get. I can get a little bit bigger. But yeah, you, uh, think you put on a couple pounds, man. I'm trying. I would like to put on like 40 pounds, but we'll see. Wow. <laughs> but uh, yeah. But you know, Holy we were doing. A, we were doing a lot of, you know, one thing I'm excited about, and I don't know when this will air, but next Monday, we have a streaming show that we do every other Monday on Twitch called You and You Alone, a live stream series, where we've been doing some really cool shit. Like Shade did this awesome performance with visuals. Reba did a really cool guitar clinic. Joe and our drummer did this insane performance in front of a green screen that we edited all these crazy visuals. You can watch all this for free on our Twitch, You and You Alone. Joe, uh, Shade and I did a discussion about all the visual art and breaking down all the elements of the visual art and how we did it. But long story short, on on, on Monday, we're doing This Is Hardcore. Uh, last year, we're calling call it End of an Era, the last set we ever had as that lineup. And, you know, we were pretty much telling people through things we were saying that that was the case. And it was it's cool now to watch because 
that set had a lot of foreshadowing. It had samples from the new record and visuals. And I said it kind of on stage. And even like the merch we had for the show, we had a merch that had like a hidden message that said the title for the new record and stuff. This was like six months before it Ooh, came out. I, pick, so, I love stuff like that. I didn't pick yeah. up on that. Yeah, we yeah. did. I mean, nobody ever does. Nobody ever cares, but we still do it anyway. So well, I remember but, the end no, of This Is Hardcore, did. that set, you said something, and yeah. that triggered. Yeah, that triggered yeah, it. And then you said, that's Rich, what that's what you reminded me of. Yeah, yes. that's what it yeah. was. That's exactly what it was. I was just like, listen, whatever. Because, you know, there was a lot of mixed. Just to talk about that This Is Hardcore thing, just to be completely honest, going into that, there was a lot of mixed feelings. We didn't know if we wanted to do that, not because of anything having to do with this is hardcore we just felt the temperature at the time i knew what we had i knew what we had in the pocket right and i felt like the temperature at the time was of such that there was no way i felt like we would get up and i told this to joe hardcore many times there was no way we're going to get up there and get the response that i want to get headlining this is hardcore which i always had wanted to do i felt it's not it's not that moment but you know he he had he had a band fall through on him and we needed to step up. And of course we were going to step up for that exact reason. And again, it's not because we don't want to play this as hardcore, but it's because I knew we had this record in the tank. And I was like, when we come out with this and this new shit, then we'll do it because then it's going to be fucking crazy. Cause it's going to be a new dynamic. We need to change up on them. Cause you got to mm -hmm. know the temperature when it's time to change up on these motherfuckers, especially in hardcore because they're fickle motherfuckers, as you know. So you got to switch up on them and you got to, you got to keep them, guessing you know so when we realized okay here's the thing we're in a little bit of a corner we're gonna do this because one obviously i fucking love joe to death and two it's just this hardcore it's awesome like it'll be fun let's fucking do it so we kind of decided okay here's what we're gonna do the set is gonna be in people will see on monday it's kind of a mixture of like let's in a cool way visually sonically in a way that they won't pick up on foreshadow a lot of the stuff we have to come and let's also put some messages in there, uh, letting all yes. the letting all the bottom feeder people know who you know have turned their fucking backs on us. What we think about them, you know. So you'll see, people will see when the set comes out. You know, even there was an intro to it that Shade sampled this whole documentary about rats and made this whole mm. amazing mm. intro that literally still gives me chills. That basically says everything I wanted to say without having to say it. So I was uh. I'm excited for people to see that now with fresh eyes, having seen everything that we've done. I'll, I'll text it to you when we get off, but people can see that next Monday. We're going to do a live stream of that, and then I'm going to do an interview. I'm going to interview Sonny from Hey 56 So if people want to tune into that, please do. Wow, and it happens awesome. every other Monday you do something like that? Every other Monday. This is our fifth episode. Uh, we do new merch with it every other week. Uh, this is our, uh, yeah, episode 005 we've done so far shade performance reba clinic art discussion joe and and our drummer uh in the cold metal place and the green screen and in, in taking them into our code orange world and this one is going to be uh end of an era the last show of that lineup and discussion about it and everybody can kind of hopefully pick up on some of the stuff we were putting down at the time that was definitely nobody was picking up on so i think it'll be cool in retrospect oh that's awesome <laughs> I love it. I can't wait to see it. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I think uh, this was awesome, and I think uh, we should probably 
bring it to a close. Uh, is there is there anything you want to plug? Anything you want to uh, throw out there to the people? We got this. You and you alone next Monday on Twitch. Yes. A uh, live stream. Anything else you want to tell the people? Well, we got our own store. Uh, com slash store. We decided a while ago uh, we didn't really want to work with any more uh, third-party merch stores because of the way that we kind of felt it. it wasn't really working, benefiting us. We couldn't make sure everything was the way exactly how we wanted. And so we have a store we completely do ourselves. We ship every single order, uh, and that's codeorangecoth.com slash store. We're always putting up new shit all, constantly. We make every single design ourselves too. So any design you get is designed by the band completely and shit by the band we sign records and signing options we sign posters signing option sign math so we'll sign whatever uh so so dope. Kinds, that's awesome yeah I'm, I'm psyched on so there's that but no other than that just you know to anybody listening who has stuck by us and supported us through different eras and believed in not only you know our quality musically even if maybe it wasn't your thing but our quality as human beings I really appreciate you. I've no, I've noticed those of you who have, and I've noticed those of you who haven't. So we'll see what the fuck's up. This is code orange. These are true artists driven by passion and need to create something original and is fucking noticed. And you're appreciated, man. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. Thank you so much, man. I love you guys. Love your band. Appreciate it a lot. All right, man. Thanks, Jamie. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate it. Post America Podcast will always be there for you. Don't forget that. Tune in next time for more fun with the boys. Until then, get your fucking ass out of here before I give you a smack, motherfucker! Who the fuck you think you in? This is Post America! You ain't shit, motherfucker!